is sad. It is I, Darkseid. I command you to listen to the Who's Who podcast. Uncover the powers and weaknesses of the Super Friends so that I may destroy them. Aquaman and Superman, Animal Man and Plastic Man, Firestorm and Nuclear Man, Batman and Hawkman, 2D Man and Hour Man. Who are all these people, man? They're all part of the DC. Who's who? Ultra Boy and Booster Gold, Lightning Lass and Hippolyta, Phantom Stranger, Hedrick, Danarizia, and Woozy Winks. Hey, hey, hey. What? What about that one guy? What guy? Mr. Pretzel, Mr. Lipstick, Mr. Mitzelfuzzle? Mr. Mitzi's Pitlick? Yeah, him. He's also part of the DC. Who's who? Who's Who, the definitive podcast of the DC Universe. Available monthly at fireandwaterpodcast.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. episode of the Vampire Movie Minute podcast covering the film Once Bitten starring Jim Carrey and Laura Hutton. I am your host Dr. Chris and I'm Mr. Seneca and I'm Scott Danielson. And we are and covering we minutes dramatic pause. Yes. <laughs> and we are covering minutes 5 through 10 of Once Bitten and we start the minutes off with a uh, civilian vamp sorry the Civil War vampire showing up bitching and complaining they can't find anybody other than an 11-year-old to drink, and we end it with a burger catching fire. Um, so this uh, Civil War vampire happens to be played by... Joseph Bratzman. What has he been in? Because he kind of looks familiar. He... very limited. Yeah, he's known more as a, like a producer, and like he's done pretty much every aspect of movies. So he's been he did projects with Jim, with Marlon Brando. He was a screenwriter. He's been a director. He's been a producer. So he's done a little bit of everything. So he's been all over the place. My I just like this. He was the creator, director, and executive producer of Living with Ed, a reality series that featured actor Ed Bagley Jr. <laughs> Uh, that's funny that, that you mentioned that it mentions Ed Bailey Jr. I just got done showing someone Greedy, who has never seen Greedy before, starring Michael J. Fox, and uh, now currently the uh, now recently passed away the late great um, uh, Kirk Douglas. Oh, sorry. Just because you mentioned Michael J. Fox, apparently Michael J. Fox was the first choice for Jim Carrey's role. And he was. For, I heard that. Yeah, yeah and for... this role was written for Cassandra Peterson. Yes. That's correct. Elvira herself. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, Mr. Zeneca, what was your first exposure to this movie, and uh, when was the last time you happened to watch this movie late at night? <laughs> well, uh, I actually got exposed to this movie back probably the first time it came, came on syndication on television. Uh, I didn't actually see it in the theaters. I, I think I was a little too young for that. Uh, it was 1985, and I was born in 1978. So um, 
little too young for that. But I did see it in re- in reruns on television all the time. You know, it would get broadcast on. Uh, I think it was on Comedy Central for a while, something like that. I used to watch it every time it came on because I loved Jim Carrey. So I, from this role to when he was on Living in Living Color, like I loved Jim Carrey at the time. So every time, every single time it came on the air, I was watching it. it didn't matter what I was planning on doing for the rest of the night, I was watching it. And the last time I watched it was with you, Dr. Chris, over at your house. <laughs> <laughs> on your big, huge uh, projector in the stadium seats. Right, and what have we? What did we just come from? That was uh, what was it? Vampire, vampire ball. Yeah, the was vampire ball the... in Salem, Massachusetts, actually in, in yes. May. But uh, yeah, we had gotten uh, we had gotten some Sonic. We were wired, and we were like, you know what? I'm not ready to go to bed. Why don't we top off the night with a cheesy vampire movie? And so we watched uh, Once Bitten. Uh, I had just yeah. got, I had just gotten it in the mail actually on Blu-ray. Um, so uh, I don't know what copies you guys have, but I have a Blu-ray copy of the film. It comes double billed with Love at First Bite, starring George Hamilton, and this is a double feature from Scream Factory. And both movies are uh, 1080p high definition widescreen. And from what I watched of the movie. For the podcast, uh, yeah, I believe that uh, it definitely looks uh, in high def. Um, and on my roommate's newer TV, he's he uh, recently got a much better TV. Uh, it uh, it definitely really stands out for the uh, the high definition of the film. But that's probably it for any types of treatment that this movie's gonna get. Uh, that it's not gonna get like commentary with Jim Carrey, or Laura Hutton. Um, but it comes with the trailer for the movie, which doesn't show you anything in the movie whatsoever. If you've seen the trailer for this movie, there it doesn't show you anything. Okay, I, I haven't actually haven't actually seen the trailer. Now, do you uh, do you both think that uh, Countess's coffin reminds you of an Easter Bunny? No, it actually reminds me of a Barbie mansion okay. in reverse. What uh, do you think the uh, at, at the uh, five minute eighteen second mark before the uh, the vampires show up? By the way, I'm just jumping back a little bit. If you have it in front of you to to uh, queue up, what type of TV and uh, VCR or Betamax player do you think that is at the top? I'm looking at it right now. Those look like VHS tapes, right? So that must be a VCR. Kind of. Yeah, it must be. Because it's those very look, geometric. They don't look small enough to be Betamax, right? It's hard. It's hard to tell because. Yeah, I don't know the play. It, it... Looking at 80s tech, it looks so foreign <laughs> at this point. Uh, Mr. Zeneca, we were talking about this uh, previously, but the mansion they're in actually still exists today and is a, is a is being used for a production company called RJN Productions. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, I actually was able to call somebody before we started recording and ask them about the mansion, and they said someone would get back to me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, we also have, okay, so we have three vampires that show up. We have the, by the way, he's called Confederate Vampire, uh, which, uh, I don't know if they would use that today because everyone's all not really big into Confederacy being in any form of media whatsoever because it has to do with slavery and things like that. Um, I'm sorry, I'm under the belief that just because we don't want it to appear doesn't mean it didn't exist and we shouldn't shun history. Until I saw the IMDb credits, I had no idea what these vampires were actually called. Right. Okay. So they're 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 never named. It's World War One Ace Vampire, Confederate Vampire, Cabin Boy Vampire, Flower Child Vampire, Twin Twink Vampires, Mall Flanders Vampire, 
and then that's it. So I believe the uh, the the one that's accompanying them because there's only other there's only two female vampires in this besides the countess. It's the Mall Flanders vampire and the uh, the flower child vampire who we see later on. Uh, what does Maul Flanders vampire mean? Does it have anything to do with Ned Flanders? No, it wouldn't be Ned Flanders. I believe that the Maul Flanders is actually a reference for a, um, a Londonite or an English terminology. Right, because of her Cockney accent? Yes. We couldn't find anything other than an 11-year-old. And then that's when the Countess <laughs> says, don't be so disgusting. And it's like, yeah. you're a vampire. You shouldn't really care where the blood is coming from. Mouch, chew down, chow down on 11-year-old blood. Yeah, yes. Moth Flanders was actually a novel by Daniel Defoe in, 19, in 1722. Wow. So, so it's like it's like an adventure. It's like a female adventure story, basically, it, oh. of, of the era. Yeah. It's from the same author as, as Robinson Crusoe, and I believe they made a movie with Gina Davis and Morgan Freeman. Oh, um, hang on, the... no, it's actually Robin Wright. <laughs> Sorry, it's Robin Wright and Morgan Freeman. Do you want to know they what icky it... movie the Ace uh, One Ace World War One pilot vampire was in? Yes, what? I do. Uh, Flowers in the Attic. He played the brother Chris. Ooh, creepy. Yes, very creepy. Uh, Flowers in the Attic is based on uh, the very famous novel about uh, two twin brother sisters who are uh, are hidden away in an attic by their conspiracy uh, conspiring mother and grandmother. Isn't yeah, this if where you we read get the, the book, line? Pretty twisted. Isn't this where we get the line? No more wire hangers from. No, that's no, that's from Joan Crawford. Oh, damn it! I completely screwed that up. By the way, they remade Flowers in the Attic in 2014 on Lifetime. If you can believe that. <laughs> Oh my god, you know what we should do for the Movie Minute podcast? That terrible fucking vampire lesbian movie, Mother May I Sleep With Danger. <laughs> uh, my heart can't take that. Oh, uh, yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Uh, our Cockney vampire is played by Carrie Moore, best known as playing Terry in Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Yeah, I was, I was going to mention that because she's actually in uh, another crossover property that we've worked on before. You know, it's the Friday the 13th, uh, the series. Right, and uh, Scott and I have worked on uh, the Friday the 13th uh, actor in some way. Corey Feldman was in that movie, and he was just in Lost Boys. There you go. Yeah, in yeah. fact, Lost Boys and the Friday the 13th final chapter came out around the same time. Uh, a couple years apart from each other, but roughly the same time, as well as The Goonies, which is what... Um, the ace World War One vampire was also in the Goonies. So right after the vampires deliver their complaints regarding uh, the not finding anybody for the Countess to munch down on. Okay, so we cut over to Mark and uh, Robin in the ice cream truck. And Mark wants to get laid. And Robin wants to have sex with her boyfriend. But she wants it to be special and to mean something and not have sex in an ice cream truck. And who are they interrupted by in the middle of their making out? Some guy that wants a creamsicle. Right. But who is he, though? That I don't know. All right, you guys, got to look this stuff up. Because uh, it's important to what we just got done talking about. What film franchise did we just get done mentioning? Is he another Friday the 13th He's actor? He's another Friday the 13th actor. In fact, he gets killed at the beginning of the Friday the 13th Part 5 by somebody who's not Jason. Oh, that's weird. Uh, oh, well, Friday the 13th, The New Beginning. Yes, Friday the Jim. 13th, Part 5, The New Beginning, is the movie where the ambulance driver uh, pretends to be Jason, 
uh, after witnessing his son, this chubby character, uh, getting hacked to death. Though he doesn't witness his son getting hacked to death, but he does witness... He d he's the ambulance driver who comes to pick up his son. Uh, not real, not, uh, but nobody knows that it's his son. Mm -hmm. And he's the only victim in the Friday the 13th movies to not die by Jason's hand other than from Jason's mother, because that's the whole other thing. Roy's his father, who plays Jason. Victor is the guy who chops him up. God damn it, it's not listed in the credits for some reason. Tommy, Reggie, Pete, Demon, Mayor Cobb, Ethel, Pam, Violet. So the name of the actor from Friday the 13th Part 5 is uh, Dominic Brassia. He died in 2018, and he played Joey in Friday the 13th Part 5, and he's the guy who comes up to the ice cream truck wanting an ice cream cone. Young man buying ice cream is his name in the credit. That's uh -huh. why it took so long. I was looking for a name, and I just couldn't find it. It was they don't have a they have a character name for him. So I mean, we, they they called their vampires Confederate vampire and World War One Ace vampire. So names aren't huge here, apparently. No, definitely not. But uh, yeah, so uh, the, uh, the the Mark tells them to buzz off that they're closed for renovations, and uh, Robin continues to be uh kind of to to, to not be um. Not to be into Mark's advances, and uh, he gets frustrated and goes outside, and everyone is fucking in the USA outside of his uh, ice cream truck. Yeah, every car is bouncing up and down. There's oil rigs right along the sides of the property that are pumping oil to kind of just, you know, subconsciously give that idea in case you weren't aware what the shaking of the vehicles meant. Yes, pistons pumping for those yep. of you who don't get it. And uh, <laughs> my favorite detail is just the 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 limbs just sticking out of random vehicles here or there that's my favorite part yeah l like what position is that where the entire legs are sticking out of the vw window i don't Look, yeah i don't that. understand because later like when it pulls back and he's like looking up at the sky and really complaining about it that the legs are just flailing around and it's just like how the hell are you screwing somebody i mean i get the uh the other the the car with the uh convertible you see the guy likes ass pumping up and down but even that i'm like there's no way he's actually having sex with somebody the way that his ass is that high up in the air look yeah. car sex is difficult enough as it is trying to put legs out a window makes it way harder but where the woman's vagina is and where that guy whose ass is completely exposed is pumping into her, she would have to be doggy style in order for that to work. Because there's no way the way his ass is pumping up in the air and the way his the where his cock <laughs> has to be, it cannot insert itself that way into in order to have sex. It's the most ridiculous, like uh, just example, yeah. and, and there's probably not even a woman underneath them. They probably just hired a bunch of people to flail around and gyrate the cars and stuff like that. We should definitely track down one of these four or five screenwriters and ask them questions about this. Right, Mr. Yeah. Seneca, you're the you're the uh, sex expert. You should uh, fuel those questions to the screenwriters about what the hell they were thinking with their uh, the way they yeah, were. Yeah, what, sec what sexual positions are those? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right, we then switch over to uh, the two, uh, Mark's t only two friends in the whole movie, honestly, besides uh, his girlfriend. Russ and Jamie. And who who play them? Uh, Russ is played by Skip Lackey, and uh, Jamie is played by Thomas Ballator. And what have they done besides um, be uh, in this movie? Be in this movie? Not much, actually. Both Hold of those on. actors. Hold on. It's that weird, awful sound thing. It's got. I, I'm. I'm still figuring it out. I. 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 I got 
somebody to listen to it, and they were telling me what I need to fix about it, but I didn't have time uh, to, and ready for this podcast to do it. So, okay, go ahead. Uh, neither of those two actors actually did much afterwards. Uh, their credits are super small on IMDb. Both of them had a couple of things in the 80s and uh, in the 2000s, but that's really it. Once Bitten was their peak. That's it for either one of them. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. They're like, okay, so we're assuming this is in California. What town in California do they happen to be in, by the way? Well, they drive through Hollywood, so they must be somewhere in the uh, San Fernando Valley. Okay. But the more suburban part, right? Because they're not, they're like, hey, let's go to Hollywood later tonight. Anywhere in LA, it's a drive of about 45 minutes to an hour just because of traffic and all that. So they could be anywhere from like uh, the valley to even closer to like Santa Monica. There's a lot, there's a big range that they could be in order to travel to Hollywood. Yeah, definitely. Um, and there are Pepsi Cola drinks everywhere. What do we know about Pepsi Cola besides the fact it's a Pepsi Coca Cola Corporation joint? venture i've never understood pepsi cola i know what pepsi is i know what coca-cola is but what is pepsi cola that's pepsi man but they use the pepsi cola as their as their brand still they don't right it's just pepsi cola, these cola days is, yeah it's just pepsi now cola is just generally like it's the the flavor technically by the way if you wanted to buy stock in pepsi um it's still doing extremely well because People need to eat food. So if you want to buy a stock in anything, buy it in food. Because, man, food prices, I mean, food values and food marketing uh, for the stock market have gone through the roof, as well as Zoom, by the way. But, uh, yeah, I just happened to notice that buying on Pepsi's website there, a stock went up uh, seven and a half, seven and seventy, uh, six and, uh, seven points today. And their val- their stock is trading at $120 a share. Yeah, that's still too rich for my blood. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there is Pepsi all over this movie, uh, which uh, maybe they were a uh, sponsor for this movie. I don't know. But the minute ends with the burger getting burned. And uh, that's it for this, uh, for this episode of Once Bitten uh, Movie Minute Podcast here on Vampire Movie Minute Podcast, part of the Movie Minute Podcast group and uh, the website. Thank you, everyone. You can find all the episodes at RadioHorror.com. You can find me at ChrisDSAV. Scott, where can they find our podcast? All right. So it'll be a Vampire Movie Minute at on both Twitter and Facebook, and those will be updated shortly. And Mr. Zeneca, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at, at ElegantlyKinky. Thank you, everyone. We'll be back next week with another five minutes of Once Bitten. <laughs>